I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bell is here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a lot of recruiting to talk about um, with both football and basketball. Of course, football had a huge weekend this past weekend um, with 10 players on campus taking official visits from at least the initial reports. From what we've seen, it sounds like it went pretty well, but we'll kind of get into that. Um, talk about some of the guys that sounded like they had a strong weekend and um, some other recruiting stuff on the football side. And then we'll get into some basketball recruiting. Um, I know football right now is certainly the talking point with the big weekend that they had and another one upcoming, but basketball is a big weekend upcoming as well in the next couple weeks. A few players scheduled to visit. We'll talk about where they stand with a few of those as uh, they've got some players uh, ready to come on campus that hopefully the Badgers can um, you know, make a run at. I know Wisconsin football, you know, they had a strong weekend and, and put themselves, I think, in a good position, and basketball could certainly benefit from that as well. So full, another full show of recruiting here to get you guys started into this week. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Yeah, no, it was definitely an eventful weekend, a lot of twists and turns, along some different storylines, but, but I really think overall, You've got to put your cap to everything that the shorthanded staff did um, in that recruiting department to kind of pull off a really cool weekend for a lot of the players. And, I mean, from all accounts, it sounds like they knocked it out the park. Yeah, that was uh, – from every report, it sounds uh, like everything went well. So kudos to those guys, especially short staff, to um, you really have a big weekend and, and roll out everything to make sure that those guys seemed like – they had a, a really strong and, and fun weekend, and hopefully that put the Badgers in a good spot in a lot of different positions. So we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Before that, though, we've got a little bit of news to touch on. Um, the big one, of course, Wisconsin has rescheduled to play Notre Dame at Lambeau Field, now rescheduled for 2026. Of course, they've got the upcoming matchup this year at Soldier Field. We knew that that Lambeau Field game would be rescheduled at some point. Unfortunately, not really in the near future, but it's good that Wisconsin and Notre Dame were able to get that together because two schools like that, whenever they play, is going to be big time. I know I know, Badger fans are looking forward to one this year, but uh, it, it'll be good to have that at Lambeau. I'm usually not a huge proponent of the neutral field in NFL stadiums. I think it'd be cool to have these games on campus, but Lambeau Field's maybe a, a special exception, at least in my eyes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, being able to go to Lambeau and play, that's a unique opportunity for for, um, for both teams and uh, kind of a historic venue that some of these guys, if they go on and play in the pros, will have the opportunity to play there. But but many of them, it's the only opportunity they're going to have to play in, in an NFL stadium, and um, it's an exciting proposition for them. So it generates a lot of interest. 
listening to our later conversations. But but overall, I'm just glad that they were able to figure out a way to get it back in the schedule. It fits in nicely that year. Um, they play West Illinois at home, and then they also have Pitt scheduled that year um, at Camp Angelo. So overall, I think it slides in nicely, and hopefully you'll see um, the Badgers go ahead and secure another win in Lambeau. That would be awfully exciting. Yeah, I was gonna say the the last one at Lambeau was was certainly a fun event. Um, you know, one of the the Badger games to look back on if you were there in person. That was uh, you know quite exciting and, and a fun experience. So hopefully that that one um, with Notre Dame upcoming will will also be that same way. Um, like you said, I'm glad that you mentioned that some of these guys, um, you know, that's their chance to play in an NFL stadium with that type of history is is certainly a cool experience. And uh, you know, 2026. It's certainly further away, but uh, it should be a fun one whenever they get there um, and take on Notre Dame, and it should be a fun one at Soldier Field. I'm glad that they worked it out. I'm glad it's not a uh, Virginia Tech rescheduling, which is now, you know, 30 years down the road, and it keeps kicking the can down the road. I'm glad that these two were able to uh, come to the table and come to an agreement to to get this one back on the schedule for sure. In terms of news, um, we'll keep on rolling here. Matthew Moore's. Um, named the Gatorade Player of the Year for South Dakota, and I did not realize this is his third time winning that award, which is incredibly impressive um, for the Mount Rushmore State. Really, a kid that has been dominating, um, you know, since since middle school. Um, you know, of course, playing for his high school team. Pretty impressive when you look at the the resume that he's put together um, at his high school career. I think Badger fans, I know. Right now you're looking at, um, you know, I know everyone looks forward to these football recruits that could pan out, but I think Matthew Moore's in terms of a guy to be excited about is, is right up there. Um, I can't wait to see what he can do with Wisconsin, but what do you make of him being named the Gatorade Player of the Year for South Dakota, not once but twice, but for the third time? I mean, it's, it's a pretty cool honor for him. He's a really talented player that I think should have the opportunity to help out the Badgers, you know, almost immediately on campus, just based off of what he brings to the table, pretty good shooter, um, can help in a lot of different facets, um, kind of molds his game a lot after the guy who recruited him in, in Joe Krabenhop, um, and, and has a similar size and recruiting acumen. But I think the big thing for, for him is just going to be continuing to get better. Um, you look at him and you see a guy who, who has played a lot of high school basketball and has made an impact early and you won, you hope that he hasn't reached that ceiling, you know, like he's not going to be a kid like Brad Davison who's kind of been the same player that we've seen year in and year out. Um, I don't necessarily think that with Moore's, um, this, you know, this 24, past 24 games, uh, 24 points per game, eight rebounds, three assists, two and a half steals. I mean, he's doing a little bit of everything. Um, and, and he's just a phenomenal athlete, one of the best get, gets they had in that 2021 class. So um, I, I think he's going to be a player that um, Wisconsin fans should be super excited about and that uh, opponents are probably going to get used to fairly quickly in his career as well. Yeah, you look at him in terms of the body of work. He's a, a typical Wisconsin kid that's just going to come in and, and probably be a, a multi-year player that uh, opposing fan bases will probably find not annoying but frustrating because he just does so many things well. Um, like you mentioned, you know, doing it well on the on the defensive end, rebounding, passing, scoring, does a little bit of everything for his high school team. And if that translates to the college level, I think um, a lot of other teams in the Big Ten will will want to watch out, and he'll be part of that uh, nice class incoming. And and who knows, you know, with this class or this team this year going to be so young, um, there's certainly an opportunity to see a good amount of Matthew Morris here in the near future. So. 
Uh, looking forward to what his career can bring, but uh, kudos to him for, for, for dominating the state of South Dakota for so many years. Yeah, I mean, the what he has accomplished at high school is, is silly, and I know that maybe the competition level isn't what you might see elsewhere in the country, but, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it's a really talented player coming in. Yeah, and like a 4-0 GPA, student council. I was reading a bunch of stuff yesterday, writing an article. I was like, man, this kid's got... This kid's got it all. Some of us were struggling to pass algebra in high school, and, and he's winning player of the year and uh, um, dominating the classroom as well. So kudos to him. It should be uh, fun to watch his career um, develop for sure. All right, now we'll transition out of the news, kind of get into the football recruiting, um, you know, the weekend recap. From everything that we've heard, of course, you know, if you follow some of these prospects on Twitter, you can usually tell how the weekend went. Some of them, of course, haven't put much out on social media, but it sounds like from everything that we've kind of gathered that everyone sounds like they had a fun weekend. Even the guys that you didn't know, you know, a guy like Nicholas Singleton, um, it sounds like he had a really fun weekend. Of course, right now looking like he's going to be a Penn State commit, but it seems like Wisconsin at least put themselves a little bit in the running there. And then there's guys like Curtis Neal, who was heartbroken that he had to leave, which is certainly a good sign. He was, of course, one of the names he kind of had an eye on for maybe a possible soon commitment. So, for being short-staffed and for having so many guys on campus, it sounds like this Wisconsin football staff really um, pulled out other stops and, and really showed out uh, for a really strong weekend, which will hopefully put them in a good spot as they move forward here. Yeah, I mean, you I don't know if you saw, like, UW had put out the, on Instagram that they had a big bash going on. They they all went to Paul Chris' house like, like normal and, and – cooked out and everything so I think you look at it in Wisconsin state to their brand within the visit took them to the terrace um, used the beautiful weather to their advantage which is obviously why they, they really pinpointed this June 4th week to, to bring in really the bulk of their top prospects 10 overall kids on campus for official visits and, and all 10 guys that I think if they had committed they would have been ecstatic over um, but, but really, I think overall you only heard positive things across the board from these guys. And I think while they didn't get a commitment, I think they're much closer to getting a commitment from, from many of these guys. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the end they land you know, half or more of these guys come later on this summer and into the fall when, when they're making their decisions. I know a lot of them are probably waiting until – they, they wrap up their June visits and make a decision in July. Um, I mean, Curtis Neal is probably going to make a decision shortly after his visit to Ohio State next weekend. So I think Wisconsin's got some good news on the horizon, and it's just a matter now of seeing how the rest of those visits shake out for many of these guys who who are really highly sought off their prospects. Yeah, yeah. You look at a lot of them. They've, they've got, you know, this past weekend was probably their first one, um, just given the dead period that just kind of came away. And then they've got, you know, most of them, at least a couple more. And with this situation, with the, with recruiting being so weird this year, I would expect even if you feel like in your heart that you've got your decision already kind of made, I would expect a lot of these guys to still go out to these visits, make sure you know, they're making a big decision for their future, and you haven't really been able to do a normal recruiting where you can um, you go at these visits, so you might as well knock them all out and, and make the best decision for yourself. But I agree. I think Wisconsin, um, while they haven't gotten anyone to, to pull the trigger quite yet, I think they'll, they'll be in a good spot to have some good news here soon. And, again, for a lot of these guys, going first is, is always a good opportunity. Um, and I think as far as Wisconsin – 
sounds like they did really well, put their best foot forward. So now it's just a matter of can that um, hold up and compete with some of these other guys taking some big visits. I think right now you got to feel good about a lot of the situations. I know Isaac um, Ham said Wisconsin was fire, and any other in-state talent, they sounded like they had a great weekend um, as well. So I think overall it, the, they're in a good spot to – make some inroads and hopefully land some commits. And also I think even if they weren't in a situation right now where they were leader in the clubhouse, I really think they shortened that gap a little bit if they were in a competition right now. So, again, it, it pays to go first, and, and we'll see how the rest of these visits shake out. But I think Wisconsin's got to like where they're at with a lot of these prospects. Yeah, and Miles Burkett was on campus as well for an unofficial. He's coming back for an official in a few weeks. But um, he tweeted out that he thinks you know, there's there's definitely commitments coming here in in the coming weeks, and to, to kind of keep an eye out for that. Um, I, I I know a lot of the the state guys are are possibly looking at even maybe a package deal, maybe making a decision together, all sorts of stuff, which would probably lean towards Wisconsin. Um, just given that they're the home state school, they've been on them the longest. They probably have the best relationship there. Um, um, in a place where they all have offers uh, to go to. So I think there's a lot of momentum on this. It's just we're going to have to wait a little bit to, to see kind of how, how everything unfolds here moving forward. But I think you look at it, and I think the Badgers are in a really good spot for a lot of these guys, and there wasn't a negative mark anywhere. I think they really um, you know shifted momentum, and maybe a guy like Singleton's recruitment that you mentioned, I think it's down to him and Penn State and Wisconsin now probably. Um, Penn State's going to be tough to beat, but you really look at it, and Wisconsin doesn't have anybody else that they're really recruiting at that running back spot. And I think that speaks volumes to, I would think, to a young kid who's trying to make a decision between some other schools and sees a, a place like Alabama reeling in two four-stars, um, and, and he was heavily figuring out if he wanted to go there. You see Penn State is recruiting other running backs as well. So I think Wisconsin's in a good spot. You just have to worry about a couple teams here or there for, for some play, players like Neil. It's basically Wisconsin or Ohio State. So you got to watch Ohio State. You've got a guy like um, Carson Hinsman. you got to watch Alabama after he took an unofficial visit there and maybe will go back for an official. Caleb Coley, um, what about Clemson? Because he got that offer. He's a Georgia mm -hmm. kid. That would make sense um, if, if he goes somewhere other than Wisconsin. Billy Trout. Um, I think they really changed the momentum in his, and I think they have a shot. I know we both thought he was a done deal. He was going to Notre Dame. But I mentioned, you know, just like with uh, a guy like Tyler Beach, where they, they were able to get him on campus and it changed everything in his recruitment. Maybe the Badgers were able to do that in his and get him out, away from Notre Dame. Um, but, but really, I think Wisconsin's in a good spot, and now it's just about closing for, for a lot of these guys. And they're going up against some heavy hitters when they're trying to win these battles. And that's a good thing because it means the talent level's there. But it's a tough thing because you don't know what uh, what their other visits are going to be like. And when they've got four or five set up, there's a lot of different things that could happen. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you've seen Wisconsin football elevate you know, their recruiting classes each of the last few years. And you're, you're starting to land bigger talent. I mean, you're starting to swim maybe in a little bit bigger of a pool, but there's also other big fish in that pool um, that you're now having to compete with. You're maybe a little bit of the, the small fish in uh, in the big fish pond, so to speak, uh, to get a little metaphorical there. But 
it seems like Wisconsin is is going toe to toe with some of these bigger schools and and sometimes winning these battles they probably won't win them all but it's nice to see that the Badgers are going in and, and competing with the likes of Notre Dame and Clemson and Alabama for recruits Ohio State um, because a few years ago that that wasn't the case you know if there was a guy that was you know deciding between Ohio State and Wisconsin it was it, you know, he didn't feel great about it same thing Notre Dame and Wisconsin. There's been a couple situations, but for the most part, a little bit more prestigious of a school, quote-unquote. So it's great to see the Badgers, as they've elevated their recruiting, they're going into these battles and and winning them some more, and I would expect that to continue. Um, But, yeah, overall, it it sounds like Wisconsin is is putting their best foot forward and competing with uh, some of these, quote-unquote, blue blood schools that uh, normally just dominate the recruiting circuit. Yeah, and, and I feel as though a lot of those schools are also taking an interest to Wisconsin more just based off of Wisconsin's ability to develop and bring in some of these linemen. Um, other, other schools are taking uh, a keen look at what Wisconsin's doing and saying, hey, these linemen are turning out damn good. We should probably start recruiting them as well. Um, you look at a guy like um, like Joe Brunner. I mean, he's he's top 60 player in the country. You look at a guy like Billy Shroff, top top 160 type guy. Isaac Ham, a four-star kid. Carson Hinsman, top 150 kid. So you've got four guys from in the state who are four-star players and that are getting heavy interest from a lot of other places that normally might have been a, a guy that might have been a slam dunk to Wisconsin. I think I think they it might not have even gotten to the official visit time right now if it wasn't for COVID kind of making it so that these kids couldn't be on campus earlier. But um, I, I think Wisconsin's still in a great spot to potentially land all of them, and especially that in-state group that's so vital to the lifeblood of the program. Yeah, so important there. And uh, speaking of in-state in-state talent, while we're talking about um, that, let's let's touch a little bit about this Andrew Keller saga and, and kind of the tight end room. You know, recruiting overall, of course, uh, a player from Wanakee, six six. Uh, in terms of weight, like. Pretty pretty solid kid, 210, 220. Um, right now has an offer from Iowa and Iowa State, but for a, a kid in Wanakee, does not have an offer from Wisconsin quite yet. Certainly interesting um, when you just given the fact that he's so close and and from everything I've seen, you know, on highlight tapes stuff like that, a pretty solid player that you would think Wisconsin would would kind of be interested in. So, what do you make of of that situation and and just kind of the tight end recruiting overall? Yeah, I think I don't I don't know what all went down necessarily and what the thought process is here for for Mickey Turner and the staff, but but ever since the the Riley Ducker thing where mm-hmm. he basically cut off ties with Wisconsin, um, it's it's turned into kind of trying to figure out what they want to do. I think is Wisconsin had to redraw everything because I think they had him pinpointed as their guy. They wanted to look at some other people. He didn't like it. But I think right now the the big thing is they've started to zero in on a couple of different players, and I, I think they're just trying to make sure that Keller is the guy that they want to go with. I, I don't know what else could lead to the fact that um, they didn't offer. I mean, you, he's got offers from Texas. He's got offers from Indiana. I know you already mentioned Iowa and Iowa State, Michigan State, Minnesota, West Virginia, Virginia Tech. So it's like it's not like he doesn't have options. He's an athletic kid plays basketball, um, he's, I mean, he's made no, um, 
you know, he hasn't been silent about his love for Wisconsin and the fact that he would really value that offer. Um, he, he's, I, I remember tweeting out about it and saying he's a Wisconsin, um, that Wisconsin was really interested in him and he was retweeting it. So he, he's like, he wants that Wisconsin offer. He came to, to camp this past, I guess, Monday, Sunday to, to throw with Graham Mertz. It wasn't really a camp thing, but just to throw with Mertz after saying he wasn't going to camp and that he was just going to focus on his offers. So I think it's just been a miscommunication here on Wisconsin's end as well as on Keller's end, and things are getting blown out of proportion in a lot of ways um, by recruit Knicks and, you know, ourselves included. But when we look at it, I think this is just a process that Wisconsin is trying to get to know the kid. He's trying to get to – to know the university, trying to build that relationship. Sounds like he's going to come back for an official visit here, maybe earn an offer then. Um, but I still think he ends up a Badger. Um, it's just a matter of this has just been a kind of a bizarre recruit um, recruitment, and I think a lot of it stems from just in trying to figure it out on Wisconsin's end after they were kind of thrown for a loop with the Riley Ducker stuff because I think he would have ended up at Wisconsin if, if uh, things didn't go down the way they did. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting situation. I think when you look at um, you know, these type of things, on the surface, you look at a kid, of course, in Wanakee, so close to UW, you're, you're thinking, oh, it's a no-brainer slam dunk. But there's a lot more behind the scenes that goes into um, a lot of these situations. And, and sometimes you can't take you know, every player at every position. And when you, when you had your kind of sights honed in on a guy and all of a sudden that quickly shifts, you, you've got to go back to the drawing board and, and figure things out. And I'm sure... Um, from the Andrew Keller side, you know, he's a, a kid in Wanakee that you would think, you know, sitting there expecting an offer, got offers from everywhere else, but not the university right down the road. So I can see why, um, you know, optically and on the surface, it's a little bit different and you can read into it in a lot of different ways. But I think at the end of the day, I agree with you, you know, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll work it out. And, and eventually I think he'll end up getting an offer from UW and, I would be, you know, as a betting man, I would probably put my money on still him being a Badger here in the future. But it's certainly an interesting situation with that tight end room and, and how things, you can kind of see how recruiting can, can shift so fast when one player um, moves on, another player you can all of a sudden hone in on, and you've got to you know, scramble sometimes uh, if those situations pop up kind of out of nowhere. So certainly something to keep an eye on and to see how that situation develops for sure. Yeah, and I think I think people, what gets lost in this is, it's it's one of those things where Keller came into last year, didn't have camp last year to be able to get um, evaluated by the staff. They didn't have the ability to go see him in Wanakee um, during during the the fall. And and then you look at he was playing in the spring season, um, and so his spring tape just popped out here um, a few months ago. And then all of a sudden he started rolling in those offers. So it's it's one of those things where. Wisconsin was probably pretty set at their tight end board, figured, hey, we've got this kid. This is the guy we've wanted. Things changed um, um, between uh, with Riley, and then all of a sudden Keller kind of emerged at the same time. And so it's the stars kind of aligned where you'd think that Keller is the guy, but you're also looking at a really tight class where they're trying to find scholarships to bring in a kid like him at a school that they have a really good relationship and want a key. So um, I think it's it's really fluid. Who knows how it'll actually go down? But really, I think the biggest thing is just to be patient. I, it seems like um, Andrew Keller's playing this patient and, and 
you know, biding his time, hoping for that Wisconsin offer. And I would be su- surprised if Wisconsin didn't make room for him because you don't always have really talented tight ends growing up in the state, especially right down the road. And uh, you usually try to take advantage of those situations when he's probably the top tight end of their board remaining at this point. Yeah, most definitely. It's certainly a, a situation to keep an eye on as they move forward here in terms of um, you know wh- how these offers might develop and, and how that situation finishes out is going to be fascinating because, like you said, you don't see that type of talent always so close um, at that tight end position. All right, that kind of wraps up the football recruiting weekend recap. We'll, we'll go ahead and get our ad reads out of the way, and then we'll touch on some basketball visits because I think there's some interesting parts coming up for UW basketball as well. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, so yeah, football is certainly in the limelight after this past weekend. Another big weekend here um, coming up, kind of that same weekend of, of June 18th. Um, football will have some guys on campus as well, but basketball really has um, some guys that will be on campus to, to make an impact. Um, three players are scheduled to have an official visit. There's also an unofficial visit we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, you know, so it, it, for Wisconsin basketball, it, I know everyone's kind of paying attention to the football recruiting circuits, but it's really important. Um, for basketball to maybe make some inroads on some of these guys who are, are going to be going up against some tough competition. Um, we can start at the top with Braden Huff, uh, Glenbard, West Illinois. Um, had a visit to Northwestern already, also visiting Virginia Tech. I know in terms of 247, it sounds like they've got Wisconsin listed as, as cool with Virginia Tech maybe in the lead, but it, it's certainly possible that Wisconsin could make some inroads with a strong visit. So what do you make of, of him as a player in, in that kind of situation? Yeah, so he's he's a nice – he's got, like, kind of a well-rounded game, kind of help out in a lot of different ways. That 6'9 frame that you can definitely add weight to, it definitely – I could see him being a late bloomer where he continues to grow a little bit. He's a lefty that can shoot it from three. Uh, I You like his game. Um, his – in terms of, a, like, scholarships where he's looking at, like you mentioned – He's got like offers from DePaul, Creighton, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Virginia Tech. I'm interested to see if Wisconsin can move the needle and get him um, to to commit here at some point. But but really, I think you look at between Huff and Moore, you you feel good that maybe they'll get one of those guys because their games are fairly similar in in a lot of ways. As they're just kind of stretch wings that can that can play the four and um, can shoot it from three. And I think they would both fit with Wisconsin. But but I think that Huff, it's it's obvious that he's a smart kid get, going to Northwestern. Virginia Tech's probably the leader. But I think Wisconsin could shift things if they have a really good visit. 
Um, and really, I think he would fit nicely in what Wisconsin generally does and what they do well with um, in terms of those stretch fours. Yeah, it's a situation that is, is certainly going to be that you want to watch um, closely with both of those guys. I'm glad that you mentioned that Moore and Huff kind of have that that similar game right now. If you if you land one of them, I mean, you look at um, to kind of talk about Braden Moore, a kid out of Nashville, Tennessee has visits with UW, Rutgers, and Nebraska. So you feel good about maybe, you know, showing out and, and having a really strong, you know, pitch to him, and, and maybe you can land one of the two if you can maybe swing both of them, great. But uh, right now, I think if you could um, give a good pitch to both one of those guys and, and come away with one, it'd be good. I don't know if there's, you know, in terms of preference, both players have some strong traits, and it's going to be interesting to see how Wisconsin shakes out because other there are other schools interested in both of these players, but I think in terms of uh, a basketball program and an, uh, that combo of on-campus, you know, the feel of the place, along with a basketball program, Wisconsin's in a really strong spot compared to some of those other schools. So we'll see how they land one of those uh, and how their recruiting kind of shakes out for one of those forwards and, and see if they can pick one off or, or maybe even come away with both, which would be um, you know, a, a, certainly a pleasant surprise at this point. Yeah, and, and I think Braden Moore, um, it's, it's weird because they're both named Braden and they're both <laughs> fairly similar prospects. Braden Moore might be a little a little more stout, have a, a little more, more weight on his bones, and um, he's probably about an inch shorter. But you look at it and both stretch guys like, who can shoot it, but Braden Moore's got a really good offer list. And mm-hmm. I know it looks weird that his you look at his visits and it's with UW, Rutgers, and Nebraska, which kind of tells you he probably wants to play in the Big Ten here. But, I mean, Arizona State, Arkansas, Auburn, Boston College, Cincinnati, Georgetown, Georgia Tech, Kansas, Memphis, right? Like, it goes on and on here. Tennessee, TCU, like, West Virginia. He's got a lot of really good offers out there. Um, and Wisconsin's going toe-to-toe that, with them. Um, I think if you had to pick one, you'd probably go with Braden Moore, just um, just off film and everything. But I think that – Braden Huff might have a, a higher ceiling as well. So I, I, I'm interested to see if they can reel in one of those guys because I really think that that 2022 class is probably going to be two guys. Um, I doubt they go with bringing both Bradens if both want to commit just simply because you can't keep bringing in a lot of these uh, stretch fours and totally wipe away a, a traditional center, forget about some other wing positions that you probably need to bring in as well. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I think Wisconsin right now is doing a really good job of landing um, very similar you know players to the same positions, but sometimes you got to diversify a little bit and maybe go after um, and land some of these other players, which kind of brings us to our next player that we can touch on, Rowan Bumba out of uh, Northfield, Mass, uh, visiting Georgetown this weekend and UW next weekend. So in terms of official visits, it seems like it's going to be Georgetown or UW. It also has uh, some pretty good offers. Um, from some other places as well, Northwestern, Butler, Georgia Tech. So other schools certainly in the mix, um, but at least in terms of official visits, he looks like a kid that is maybe narrowed down to Georgetown, Wisconsin, and right now has a crystal ball um, for Wisconsin. So that's certainly a good situation. What do you make of him um, as a prospect, as a player, kind of at that uh, point guard, you know, 6'4", 180 listed right now? So um, certainly a good player that, that can do a little bit of, of everything at that guard spot. 
I think when you look at kind of the rest of their point guards, he would fit in really nicely because he's got a little bit more height and mm-hmm. gives them something a little bit different. I, I think I would be surprised if he doesn't end up with Wisconsin at this point. I think he's been leaning that way for a little while and has been really excited about that Wisconsin visit. So maybe the Badgers can close on him and, and bring him in because you look at he, – he was a guy that just a few months ago, it seemed like every other day he was at an offer. It was it was pretty um, quick clip that he was he was getting a lot of interest. But Wisconsin's been there from the jump. They've been really after him for for quite a long time now, and and I think that's going to pay dividends potentially in his recruitment. Um, smart kid, come um, from Massachusetts. I think he he fits in with what Wisconsin wants. Can help them out both at the point guard as well as at at the two um, potentially. At times, I think he he can help them out, and I think that Wisconsin would be in a really good position if they were able to to land him because that makes it so that you can focus more closely on that 2023 class in terms of guards moving forward and, and don't necessarily need to worry as much uh, identifying guards at their advanced camp later on in the month in for 2022 kids. It's just really be able to focus on 2023 kids because, I, once again, I doubt they bring in three guys this class. I just don't see it. Unless a guy that we're going to talk about later, like Seth Trimble, wanted to come to Wisconsin, I think that they would make an exception for him. Yeah, that's a, that's a good transition there because I think – I agree with you right now. I think from about you, you've got a good situation where I, I think it would be hard-pressed to not land him and then maybe right now one of those other two that we've already kind of mentioned and then maybe you have a situation where Seth Trimble – if he decides that he would want to come to Wisconsin, certainly a player that you, you find a spot for and you make some room for. Um, taking an unofficial visit on June 23rd, um, has officials to Michigan, North Carolina, unofficial to Marquette, of course, a uh, very talented player in the state, um, very highly rated, and a guy that was the Wisconsin, of course, um, has had their eye on, certainly wants to be in the running, but a lot of big schools, we talked about it earlier with football, competing with some of the big ones. Um, basketball will be in that situation as well. So what do you make of, of Seth Trimble and the possibilities for Wisconsin to uh, have a shot there? they got to knock that visit out the park. I mean, you look at it, if, if they want to earn his services, because he's, he's a top 100 kid who I think actually fits in really nicely with what Wisconsin does. I think you could see him having um, – Bring something similar to what Dimitri Trice does, but a higher athletic profile, um, uh, an extra few inches as well. Um, so he, he's got a relationship with the Badgers. His family has a strong relationship with the Badgers after his older brother, J.P. Takoto, uh, ended up um, spurning the Badgers and going to North Carolina. Um, and I, I think if Takoto had to do it again, he'd probably end up at Wisconsin just based off of um, how his career kind of unfolded. Um, there and with the NBA, but but I think that I I think it's going to be a long shot to get him just because I think Michigan um, also makes a ton of sense for him and that he would fit in really well there. North Carolina, there's there's the draw of you know the brother angle. They've they've got a, a shift in their coaching philosophy, a lot of different things. Maybe he finds that appealing as well. But but I think that if they get Brumbaugh, I think that they're completely content. But Tremble would be a really huge get that would um, potentially shake up the backcourt a little bit in the years to come because I think he would play early if he ended up at Wisconsin. But we'll see. I really just think that you're just happy you got an unofficial there. You've got a 
try to, to make a move on him. He's also going to be visiting Marquette and some other schools. And, um, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes any number of different places at this point. But I do think that um, for him, the fit with Wisconsin actually makes a ton of sense. But we know that high school recruiting and with AAU programs, it all just is a crapshoot in a lot of ways in that uh, Wisconsin doesn't necessarily work on an even playing field with some of the other schools based off of what's going on. Yeah, it'll certainly be a situation to watch uh, closely that hopefully Wisconsin can you know have a good visit and, and see what they can put in front of him to try and, and make it competitive, at least for some of these bigger schools. It's it's going to be a tougher one. I think right now Wisconsin's in a really good spot with the with the other three that we kind of mentioned. But Seth Trimble, if he's a guy that you can land, is is certainly one that you'll you'll circle in on and and be happy with uh, getting because he is a guy that can uh, make an impact early in his career. Some of these other guys may be a, a little bit further down the road, but uh, I think Seth Trimble is a guy that uh, could play from the jump and and be a, a really quality prospect for Wisconsin to land. And we know. The in-state talent that has left the state um, to play at other places is, of course, something that Wisconsin fans play a close attention to. So if they could land um, him and, and keep him in the state, it would certainly be a, a positive for Wisconsin basketball moving forward. For sure. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up everything on the recruiting front. A lot going on on the football side, a lot going on on the basketball side as well. So um, any updates, we'll be sure to continue updating and, um, and talking about, I'm sure, um, on the football side, we'll have more to talk about in terms of commits down the road here. But for right now, uh, I think Wisconsin's in a good spot. So thank you guys, as always, for listening. We'll be back with you later in the week on Wisconsin.